What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, guys. The New York Knicks are coming back home again on Sunday. They play the Sacramento Kings. And they, of course, have like 30-something home games coming up the rest of the year. If you want seats for the Kings game or any of these games, the only place to go, of course, is Vivid Seats. It's your top source for tickets and events. It's really easy to use. You could sort by seats, section, row, price, anything you want. Um, Best of all, they have a loyalty program. If you've listened to this show before, you've heard me talk about the loyalty program, and I keep talking about it because it allows you to earn credit back, which there's not a lot of apps that allow you to do. Um, The best of all, you're automatically enrolled in it. If you just go to the App Store, go to Google Play, just download the app. Um, There's a 100% buyer guarantee, which is great. And um, best of all, if you're a new user, just enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E at checkout. And you're going to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that's Vivid Seats. It is the only way to go. If you want some tickets, go get it. happier episode, but unfortunately the Knicks, uh, I have just watched them drop their fourth game of the season. They're one and four. Um, I think there's some things to complain about for sure, but also a couple things I I actually am quite encouraged about. Um, And I thought since we played the Magic tonight, I would bring on the only person I know who, who I think you might be the only person in the universe, Chip, um, who, who, who watches pretty much every Knicks and Magic game because he he just likes Orlando, and that is Chip Murphy of ESNY. Uh, first time on the pod, Chip. Welcome. How are you, man? Yeah, Dan, uh, thanks, John, for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, finally coming on. Um, I've known you for a while. So, yeah, going uh, back, what, two years? Like yeah, that. yeah. You were with us uh, at ESMY first. I know, man. Spring, I know. Long, it seems like a million years ago. Meanwhile, it was yeah. like at the beginning of last year, I think. I know. Jesus. Uh, I, I, I remember I, I was saying to Danny when I first reached out, uh, Danny Small, who works with me at ESMY, awesome, I was saying to him, yes. yeah, he's the best. Uh, I was saying to him, like, I remember when John reached out to us and wanted to write for us i was like it's crazy thinking about that dude i was like i was i I had all i had were nick's thoughts and i'm like somebody let me write for your blog and uh and and you guys did and uh now here we are so we're gonna talk about this game in a second but you i guess what last year or two years ago developed uh even though you're a nick fan developed kind of Mm -hmm. an unhealthy obsession with the magic because you you like i would say so you like um what's his face jonathan isaac right 
Yeah, it start. It kind of starts and stops with Jonathan Isaac, because uh, I wrote something uh, right before the NBA draft, about a month or so before it. How I thought the Knicks should take him. Oh, okay, okay. That and makes sense. Uh, I really wanted the Knicks to take him. And uh, when I realized that wasn't going to happen, because I'm a, I should probably start. I'm a big Duke fan, so I watch a lot of ACC basketball too. Okay. So I watched a lot of Florida Jonathan State. Isaac that there you year. go. Yeah, yeah. And I watched a lot of Dennis Smith that year too. And I knew he was a name. And when I watched him play, and he was so not a guy that I was in on because of the way he was playing. Like, it makes, it makes two of college. us, man. Yeah, yeah. I was really like just watching him, and I was like, man, he's he's really going for his. He really wants to score. And his team is and, really seems to be suffering because of that. And guess what? Guess what? Not much yeah. has changed. Anyway. Yeah, not much has changed. Yeah. But uh, I really love Jonathan Isaac, man, and his team. They underachieved. Obviously, well, I think they the lost. Team, that was the team. That was the team with uh, Dwayne Bacon, and I'm trying yeah. to think. They had a guard who was another they guard were, who was decent, and I forget yeah, who it was. Yeah. No, they were they were well, solid, and I and uh, perfect lead in because you know mm-hmm. I I shit on um, individual game plus minus a lot because I think it's um, I, I'll, I'll I'll shout out Drew Steele from posting a toasting because. He he he's said this to me in in calling me out on something, and I agree with him. It could be valuable if you give it context. Um, yeah, and I think exactly. tonight, in the context of this game, Jonathan Isaac's team high plus twenty eight. My God, plus twenty eight yeah. in a game his team only won by twelve in thirty two minutes. Um, I thought he was, you know, and this is a guy like let's let's go with this because I think it's really a good a good conversation starter because I think what Nick fans in their dreams think Frank Nilakina could be is what Jonathan Isaac was tonight, which is a guy who only took four, only took six shots, made four of them. Um, and yet was arguably the most impactful player on the court, got three steals, four assists, Seven rebounds, um, ten points. You've been paying close attention to this guy for a while. I feel yeah. like this is—I don't know if it's like all-star time. I mean, the Magic would have to be pretty damn good for for him to, you know, get to that mm-hmm. level. But I mean, this guy's the real deal, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it would be a lot for the Orlando Magic to get two all-stars. I was, yeah, I was about to say because Vooch is getting yeah, because Vooch is probably a lock. Yeah, so for Orlando to get two, I'd be surprised. But I did bet on him. To win, I, I know you don't talk, uh, or you do talk about gambling on the show, but I did you know, bet we, on him we, we a little bit. We dabble. Yeah, dabble. So I'll just throw <laughs> that out there. I did place a couple bets on him for Defensive Player of the Year and Most Improved Player of the Year. Sure, why so, not? So, uh, yeah, I just threw those out there. But, um, yeah, I yeah, like you said, I've been following him a long time. I'm really confident in him, and I'm so glad you brought up the Frank thing because that's one of the things that attracted to me attracted him uh, with me recently, too. I feel like he is their Frank Nilakina. If there was an Orlando Magic Twitter, I honestly don't know if there is. I'm following. <laughs> they're actually, following. hold on, there is because I they I wrote something nice about a Magic player for, like, fan-sided a year ago, and they followed yeah. me, and they were like, thank you for the, for the kind words about our team. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I got followed by, like, Orlando Magic Daily and a few other Orlando Magic things, but no one's ever tweeted at me from Orlando, and I say nice things about Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz all the time. It's kind of disappointing. But... Shame, shame on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's why I love – like, Jonathan Isaac, like, you summed it up perfectly. If 
Frank Nielakina could have a game where he had 10 points, seven rebounds. Well, seven rebounds would be stretching, but four assists. Uh, well, actually, Isaac didn't have any steals tonight. I thought he had a couple steals, but he, he did no, have this... but he usually gets. Yeah, uh, he usually does. He usually, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this. Watch what I'm going to do here. He usually, yeah. stocks, <laughs> he usually stocks up on the stocks. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there you go. I like they, that one. They don't teach you that in journalism school. Anyway, um, no, you, you, no, you, you. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and mm-hmm. I guess the difference is that Isaac, it plays for a team that has um, a legitimate All Star, um, and yeah. argu- arguably the. T- I mean, after you get past Cat and Jokic and and Bead, I mean this. I mean, I don't know if you consider Davis a center, whatever. So Vooch is at worst maybe the fifth best offensive center in the league, and he is really, really, He's really good. good. Um, yeah, Augustine had a great year last year. Um, Fournier, I it, maybe it's just every time he plays the Knicks, he seems like he drains a couple of really, really important he's a Nick threes. Killer. No, he's a Nick killer. Gordon, yeah. I know, has has had a rough start to the year, but he could he can do some things as well. So it's like on this on this team, Jonathan Isaac could kind of lay back in the weeds and be the fourth or fifth guy on offense, and just wreak havoc on the other end for the Knicks, who have just so little by way of shooting and dribble penetration. There, I feel like you even saw it tonight, and I thought Frank had a great game. But there were moments in the fourth quarter where it was tough to ignore the fact when I think it was when he was out there with the big lineup with when Knox was Knox at shooting guard. How about that, Knox? Man, wow! I loved what Knox did tonight, though. He didn't even shoot the ball well, and I loved what he was no, doing. No, he's coming. You're seeing him grow before our eyes. But like in in yeah. that, in a lineup without another dribble penetrator and really this team doesn't have any dribble penetrator which to me nah. for my takeaway for tonight uh, you tell me if I'm off base here if you're playing if the Knicks are going to play an elite team like their elite defensive team excuse me like the yeah. Orlando Magic and the Magic are as elite as they come on defense I'm sorry yeah, they're, they're top five defense well they're by, we're going to wake yeah. up tomorrow morning and they're going to be number one in in the defensive rating um after yeah on, on cleaning the glass at least anyway right well, they're going into tonight. They were number two to the Jazz on NBA.com. Yeah. Um, they trailed, trailed them by 2.5 points per, per 100 in defensive rating. I, I think they'll probably be won by tomorrow. Um, against a team like the Magic, if, you, if you're the Knicks and you don't have someone, which they don't really have, who could break down a defense and you're and you're not hitting threes, like you're – Sorry, you're you're fucked. You're you're you, guess what? You're scoring yeah. eighty three points and you're you're only putting up sixteen in the fourth quarter. Um, is that fair to say? Would you would you think? I a hundred percent agree. This I tweeted this out just now after they won that the Orlando Magic uh, were shooting twenty six percent from three coming into the game. That's why they weren't scoring. Yeah, because they brought uh, Clyde and Mike mentioned it a few times. They brought the same ba- uh, team back this year, pretty much. Yeah. I think. Aminu was like the one guy that he they was had. the one guy. You're right. Yeah, brought back Fultz. But, uh, brought back uh, um, yeah. Fultz. They acquired. Oh last yeah, year. Fultz. Fultz. Yeah. Fultz. Yeah, but even that, you know, they got him last year. So it's like they added pieces. Yeah. They didn't really. I don't really think they lost any any vital. Like unless you want to consider Jonathan Simmons a vital piece, which I don't. So. But yeah, and Ross. They kept Ross instead, yeah. and Ross is better. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. But they shot last year. They won because they made threes. They shot thirty six percent on threes, and they made their free throws. They made seventy eight percent of their free throws. Yeah. And tonight they made threes and they made their free throws. And like you just said, the Knicks didn't make their threes, and the Knicks never make their free throws. So <laughs> not not I, this year, at least. 
Yeah, not, exactly. Like, that's been the one thing you couldn't say about the Knicks recently. They've always made their free throws. Yeah, no, they've been – I, they, I mean, they got to the on. line, though. They got to the line 20 yeah. times tonight, which is, you know, pretty good. I think coming into the evening, they were they were definitely among the best teams at getting to the line, um, and, you know, they did okay with that. Let me ask you this because, again, you watch the Magic mm-hmm. a lot. I want to give – here's my biggest takeaway from tonight. I thought for the first time mm-hmm. all season long – with the exception of a couple possessions where guys were late getting out, um, I thought the Knicks played easily, not even a question, their best defensive game of the year. Um, and it goes without saying, they obviously gave up far fewer points than they gave up in any any previous game. I want to give them credit for that as opposed to attributing that to the fact that they played the Magic, which is a team that has had trouble scoring. How much credit should I be giving the Knicks, do you think, and how much credit or how much should I be putting this on the fact that they played the Magic and the Magic are struggling on offense to start the year? I think you can do both. That's fair. Way to split the baby. Yeah, it needs to be a little bit of both, to be honest with you, because – the Magic, when they're going, they're playing their best ball in midseason form. They're still a bad def- offensive team. Fair. You know, they're like a or maybe, they're they're not a top like yeah half of the league I, offensive team. Yeah, I think they were twenty first. I want to say in offensive rating last year, but they were a right. great defensive team. Yeah, they were top ten defensively, and I think they were like first in the second half of the season. Yes, they were first rating. in defense yeah. second half of the year. Yeah, yeah. They're just and that's always Steve Clifford, the coach. That's always been his mo. They've ne- in Charlotte when they were at their best, they were never a good offensive team either. So I think, but that doesn't mean the Knicks shouldn't get credit. Like they have good play. Nikola Vucevic, he had a good game, but he didn't light them up or anything. I mean, and he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, here's what I like tonight from the Knicks defensively. A couple things. One. Um, they only sent the magic to the line twelve times, which I thought was which I thought was good. Yeah. Um, because they've obviously been sending teams to the line a lot more than that. And the magic hit twelve of thirty two. They hit thirty seven point five percent from three. Um mm-hmm. I thought with the exception of a handful of shots, the Knicks played their I thought their three point defense was pretty good. Um, it's, I certainly wouldn't characterize it as bad or at least bad for them. I thought it was pretty good for them. So, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm hopeful that it continues. Um, I, I think the more interesting conversation coming out of tonight, and this is really where I want to get your opinion, because I think the thing that's going to, well, let me ask you, what do you think is mm-hmm. going to piss the most people off coming from tonight's game on the, on the Knicks, on the side of the Knicks offense? I know what pissed me off. What the pissed only, you off? I, I rarely ever get pissed off, but what pissed me off again. And That's because you're a nice if, guy. Yeah, I try and be nice as much as you I are. can. But you're a nice guy. I, I said on my podcast the last time, I said, preseason me is a lot different from regular season me. And I'm like you. I've defended Fizz as much as possible because re- he seems like a great guy, and I really want him to be the guy, and I don't want him to be just another Jeff Hornacek a re- or Derek Fisher or just another guy who listens to whatever he's told to do. Sure. But so the only reason I got upset tonight is when Julius Randle just kept isoing. Like somebody said, I saw a tweet that said, why does he keep isoing like he's Allen Iverson at the top of the key? And I'm thinking like, yeah, he's isoing against one of the best 
on-ball defenders in the NBA continuously. He keeps doing it. And then Fizz called a timeout, and he kept doing it. And I was like, what is he? It's the definition. It's the old so, uh, saying about the definition of insanity. insanity. I hear- and I'm just like, and it's the, uh, and it's, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's just, no, the, again, the late game execution thing. They went on the 16 to two or 16 to four run, whatever it was at the end of the game. And it's another game that they had a chance to win that they didn't win because of late game execution. And I think Schwinn on Twitter said uh, it's games like this, that like Fizz is getting out coached. And I said, like, like when we play the Jim Boylan's of the world, there's not going to be a problem because he's a dope. But when we go up against guys like Steve Clifford, it's a struggle. And again, I'm like you. I really want to believe in Fizz and want to believe that he's the guy so much because we've seen so many bad coaches. So many bad. And he's – I'm not – again, I mentioned Jeff Hornacek's name before Knicks fans get on me. I don't think he's Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek was a stooge who just no, did what he was and told. and the Knicks have had a lot of stooges, and I don't think yeah. Fizz is that. I mean, look, let me yeah. – I'm going to – I'll try to do the impossible and, and defend okay. both, both of the guys you just brought up. Okay. So let me start with Fizz because I think that's actually oddly enough I think that's the easier guy to defend here. I don't know how you can look like a good coach in the NBA on a team that has no dribble penetration and yeah. on a, on on tonight at least no shooting um, against a really really good defensive team. I just I don't know how you do it and that's that was the situation tonight. They played a really good defense and they couldn't make outside shots and they couldn't get into the lane and I think that's why Fizz was more comfortable having the offense go through Randall even though it didn't always work out so well as for Randall look I know he had a couple of possessions there and the, he had the obviously the turnover that Fizz that drove Fizz crazy um he had another I want to say one or two shots in the fourth quarter that I would really call ill-advised. There's one that I'm remembering right now. I'm, there's probably another one I'm forgetting. All that said, he ends the game with seven assists and three turnovers, and you'll take that assist-to-turnover ratio any day yeah. of the week. You know? so, and I thought for most of the game, again, this is just for me, I thought Randall... Actually, for through three quarters, I can't think of one instance... Where the actually no, there were maybe one or two instances where Randall took a shot that I was like, eh, I'd, I would have rather him made the the kickout pass, and both of those shots went in. Um, but by and large, every time I'm like, oh, he's getting himself into a problem here, he's getting himself into a problem here, he would pass out, and the guys just you know some of them were making their shots and some of them weren't. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of I I, I so it's I, I'm surprised because. I thought you were going to say Marcus Morris, who was obviously two for 11. Uh, yeah. Some some absolutely brutal shots. He did have four blocks tonight. I, that's, I don't think he'll, we'll see four blocks from him again the rest of his career. Um, again. I think the big knock on Fizz at this point um, after tonight and moving forward is going to be when are you going to move Marcus Morris out of the starting lineup? Yeah. Um, and I get it. I get it. I totally get it. And I I know where I want to see this head, and I think where I want to see this head is when Alfred Payton comes back healthy 
Um, I think my dream starting lineup, I know he didn't hit shots tonight, but I, I, I still have faith in him, is is Wayne Ellington um, yeah, with so. with Frank and RJ, Julius Randle, uh, Mitchell Robinson. And we, we got that five, so by the way, for a grand total of about 30 seconds yeah. there. <laughs> and then, you know, and then you fill in the bench from there with, with Knox and Morris. Um, you know, Bobby Portis and Tyus Gibson split the backup center minutes. You know, um, and then I'd, I'd love what Dotson brought tonight. And then you have Peyton as the backup point guard. Um, I love Dotson. I he, love Dotson. Wasn't he such – that was so refreshing to see him out there tonight. Like, I know what – I don't think he hit a shot. Yeah, he didn't take a shot. He didn't hit a shot. He didn't take a no, shot. No, he didn't take a shot, yeah. But just his movement on both ends and, like, again – was it an accident that he was plus 10 in 13 minutes? I I, I don't know, but I, I do know the best moments of defense and offense that I saw from the Knicks tonight were when he was in the game. Yeah. So it, it energized it energized the team when it he went out there, I think, cuz it had yeah. been he hadn't been out there the whole season. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? That was his first action though. It whole was season. other like, than the 4 minutes he got at the end of the game yeah. um in garbage time against Boston. Yes, it was his That's first action of the season. Okay. So yeah, I'm glad Fizz went yeah. to him too because he could have went to Trier, and I, I think Dotson was the right call there. That's the other thing, and let, let's let's end on that because I'm sure there's going to be people. I, I saw people in my mentions talking about it. Um, I got a, few, a text or two about it. Um, I, I've said it a few times this year. Trier to me is the most maddening Nick um, mm-hmm. because. What he does when he gets going on offense is undeniable. And you look at tonight and you're like, oh, the Knicks scored 83 points. This is exactly the game that they could have used Alonzo Trier. And yet I felt like I watched them for the first time all year really move the ball on offense. And I know that it didn't generate points, but I this is one of those instances where I'd rather I, I put process before results. And I know they lost the game and there's no such thing as moral victories after you know everything that they've they've just gone through, but like I I I did not want to see Trier tonight. Did you? No, I didn't. And by the way, I'm glad you said. I always forget that it's Trier. Listen, you, only because his mom it. said it herself <laughs> on this podcast. I will listen. Hey, if anybody doesn't believe me, just go 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 to the videotape. No, hey, I call him Trier now, and my I told my brother it's Trier. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, no, my guy, my guy says it on his podcast. You got to listen. And my brother reads all your shit, too. Oh, so, well, tell, tell him thank you. Yeah. Um, um, so anyway. But, sorry, what was the question? I, I just, just I wanted I, to I bring up the Trier, Trier you, thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, about Trier, yeah, I like I said, I think uh, Fizz made the right call bringing in Dot. But I do – it's hard because – Trier, uh, God, uh, it's hard to get like a good read on him because we have a guy who works for us, Jeff Campbell, who loves him, and he he's really in on the fact that uh, he reminds him of like a Jr. type or a Jamal Crawford type, you know. And at sure. times when he's going good, he does look like that, and then there are times when he shoots you out of a game completely and you're like oh my god this guy and he has it's good to have confidence i get that in your game and i love watching a guy who has confidence play and that's why 
you like that's why the people who like Kobe Bryant like Kobe Bryant I guess right <laughs> yeah they, well they, they those people do like Kobe Bryant yeah yes. yeah so those people like him um <laughs> yeah uh but look he's a kid and I think Fizz empowered him a little bit too much last year when he like made him the guy at the end of games to take the shot and I think he made a couple big shots last year but I'm not he's not the guy anymore now. He shouldn't be taking big shots like RJ should be taking shots. Uh Randall should not be creating shots for himself, I don't think. At least not at the top of the key. He's still isolating in the wrong spot, but I'm not going down that again. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just saying like No, no, like I to, I get it. Yeah, I'm just saying I'd like to see Alonzo out there again because I do I hold I, I'm I'm an old school softy. I, I I do like the guys that we draft, and in Alonzo's case, we just brought him in. But no, I do still counts. like the homegrown guys. I you know, like it's good to see them. That's why we love Frank. He's our guy. I Frank's our guy. Yeah, except <laughs> the, the play style of those two guys is uh, just, a, just. Oh my god! A, just a tad different. Oh my god! Here's what yeah. I'll here's what I'll say about Trier. Um, I think that. If this team could really establish, I wish this team was further along because I think on a and I, I again I said this at some point or wrote this at some point on a team with an established culture and a, an established offensive identity and an established locker room and an established everything, you bring a guy like Trier in, you're like, okay, this is your role, um, you're gonna play your role, and if you know, sometimes we'll be able to use you, sometimes we won't be able to use you, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the way you could make a guy like Trier work. Um, I, I just, I think it's a dangerous, um, kind of, you know, what is it? Stealing from Peter to pay Paul situation, um, to, to bring him in and be like, all right, here you go. Here's the offense, which is essentially what ends up happening inevitably with Trier. Or if you don't do that, it's almost like he's a fish out of water. And, um, you know, I, I wish we could find a better balance between those two things during, during his minutes, but you know, we haven't seen it yet. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Chip, this – oh, you know what? Before I let you go, you're going to – you know what you're going to do? Because you're just such a nice person. You're going to stay with me for sure. – you're going to stay with me for an ad read. How about that? All right. So, um, of course, um, if anybody listens to the show, they know that we are big fans of my bookie here because what's better than, you know, gambling? Um, so we have, let's, let's, what, well, actually I was excited. I thought for most of the night that the Knicks were going to cover the nine point line. Unfortunately, they did not. So our current championship odds, um, tell me what, tell me what you think of this. So the Clippers plus 260. You like that? I kind of like that. Not as much as I like the Lakers at plus 415. I think if I was going to take anybody right now, I think I'd take the Lakers at plus 415. And let's get let's get one dark horse. You know what? In celebration of tonight, the Orlando Magic plus <laughs> plus 2100. If that isn't a value bet, I don't know what is. The Orlando Magic at plus 2100. Where like are the it. Warriors on that? The Warriors are – let's check what the Warriors' odds are right now. Plus sixteen hundred. Eh, that's not bad. You know, not not crazy. <laughs> uh, look, if you like any of these lines, um, or if you want to look for lines for quarters, halves, you know, whatever, um, 
just go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code OVERTIME. Um, they're going to match your first deposit. Again, the promo code is OVERTIME. New users get their first deposit doubled. It's mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Chip Murphy of ESNY. Tell them where they could find you, man. John, they can find me on Elite Sports NY. As you said, that's the site that I blog for. And uh, me and Danny Small and Matt Castillo, we have the uh, Nick State of Mind podcast, which you can listen to. We put out an episode every Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever, during the middle of the week. And I have been on that podcast. Yes, you've and, been on that podcast. And it is a Gracious fun podcast. enough to be on there, yeah. <laughs> it is a fun podcast. <laughs> so everybody go listen to that. Go follow Chip on Twitter. He's a good follow. Uh, he's a great writer. Um, Chip, thank you for joining me to talk some Magic Knicks. Uh, I'm sure we will talk again very soon, my man. Thanks, man. All right, peace out. Oh, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know it's late and uh, probably been a long day for you. Nah, that's good, bro. How you doing, though? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing all right. You know, a little, little frustrated with that game, but uh, other than that, I think I'm I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'll just some takeaways from watching it as well. So rotation. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. I mean, if it's all right with you, let's. Uh, well, actually, let's let's start here. Is it right if we just uh, do a quick sec on your on your background because you you kind of have an interesting story to how you came up to you know working with um, some really significant NBA players. Um, I mean, we don't have to get too much into it, but um, you've been how long you've been doing this now for? Uh, five years now. Five years, my God. And uh, you, you still, like, kind of wake up and pinch yourself every day that you get to work with the likes of, like, you know, Mitch and, like, obviously, you know, RJ and, like, Zion, some other guys like that? Yeah, it was, like, Serge Ibaka and, you know, having Coach K's number on my phone. Surreal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think surreal is probably, probably a good word for it. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, we, we've talked for a while and um, – you know, I follow you on Twitter, and it, I think first and foremost, you're someone who knows a lot about basketball, and I think you know a lot about this team because ever since, well, I, I assume it's because ever since Mitch went there. But how how long have you been paying attention to to the Knicks and kind of the ins and outs of what they they've been trying to do? Uh, I mean, I've been a Knicks fan my entire life, so you know, growing up watching them, obviously, I have a vested interest in them, but. Uh, especially starting to train players and just getting to know guys, you know, um, working with the West Knicks for a bit. And uh, Langston Galloway was one of the first players that I got to really meet and uh, just even rebound for, you know, when he first came to the West Knicks and then he got his call up to the New York Knicks. Okay, sure. So, you know, we have a you know, great relationship, but, you know, I just ever since I was working or, you know, been working with players and just seeing the ins and outs of how the NBA operates, I just took even more of a vested interest in how, how the Knicks uh, are doing. So they lost the game tonight, only scored 83 points. The offense looked um, pretty sluggish. I was trying to figure out for myself how much credit I want to give um, the Magic and how much I want to put on the fact that this is a team that has really nobody to really get in the lane, and obviously they couldn't hit their shot tonight. What was 
like what do you think was the biggest culprit tonight for for this team if you had to or maybe there were a couple things uh well the magic i mean for the most part they they shot pretty decent from the three yeah um you know they were just they were killing us aaron gordon you know when i believe he went three for six from three he if, did uh, he, he did indeed go three for six from three which you are not usually yep. going to get from gordon Exactly. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that they were doing, when you see the type of guys that they have, um, especially on their front line, you know, Vucevic can go out, you know, out Evan Fournier, obviously he can stretch the floor. But I think what killed us was the the playmaking and getting into different spots of DJ Augustine. And, uh, you know, he had like seven or eight assists, I believe. So, you know, he just found guys in different spots, obviously, you know, just having the rotations out there. And, you know, it's hard because I could see where Fizdale was trying to get the offensive production from his team in the second half uh, by sitting Mitch. You know, Mitch had 12 points in the first half, three blocks, you know, played efficient minutes. Um, but, you know, Bobby Portis is coming off of a hot game, so I could understand how he's looking to – you know, have somebody stretch the floor and jumpstart the offense. But it started to get a little bit too stagnant. And then also, as I said, Orlando was, you know, pretty hot from three. And they were stretching the floor and what we were trying to do. So I think that's kind of, you know, I go 60-40 Orlando. They did a good job in terms of, you know, getting to their spots and scoring the ball. Because, you know, we only gave up 95 points. So, you know, 11 turnovers and 95 points, you would think a team's going to win. But timely shooting and, as I said, great point guard play by DJ, um, you know, really hurt us. And Fultz, too, you know, just little little things here and there. He so. made he made a couple of nice shots. There were a couple of uh, there were a couple of those offensive. I think on either consecutive plays or two out of three plays in the fourth quarter, um, the Knicks got the defensive stop, and then it like they just couldn't grab the rebound and ended up uh, going back to a magic player, and and they converted. I want to talk about Robinson for a sec because you you know you've worked with Mitch, um, you've worked on I guess his shot, you've you've you mm-hmm. know you you know him, you know what kind of commitment he brings to the game, you know um, how badly he wants to be great. Yeah, my yeah, that's for sure. I mean, to, I I sh- look. I why am I putting words in your mouth? I this is my perception from everything I've kind of read and seen and and heard. Uh, is that is that a fair assessment? Would you say? Not uh, very fair. Um, oh. You know, Mitch, Mitch, and I have been into the have been in the gym until you know one something in the morning. You know, just shooting and you know even just have an opportunity where you know he'll shoot me a text and be like. You know, can we go to Lifetime or can we go to the facility? You know, it's like, hey, you know, it, it's 1030 at night. <laughs> but, <laughs> sure. You know, because he I believe in him and he's a good he's a good kid. He's a, You know, I think the thing about him is, you know, he had his you know, coming out party in the second half of last year. And a lot of people didn't know about him. And the thing about him is if you, you know, talk to him and give him instruction, he'll listen. And he really wants to, you know, get the nuances of his game down pat. So whether it came to uh, free throws, which he went four for four today, had good form with it, good arc. Thank goodness know, for him, by the way. Yeah, right. So he, uh, you know, I I like 
I like his upside, and he's you know he's still a kid, man. Well, I mean, he's twenty one years old. Twenty one's so a kid. Crazy. Twenty one's a kid. Twenty one. So my yeah. my biggest because it, when I look at this team, just from my my outsider viewpoint, I don't look at them as having what I would define as a single plus ability in terms of if you if you almost like grouped all the different offensive skill sets um, a team could be strong in in the NBA. I don't think they're plus in any one of those with the one exception of the fact that they have a guy that could jump, you know, jump to the rafters. And if you throw the ball anywhere near the rim, um, he's going to be able And we saw it tonight. I mean, Randall finally, I've been waiting for that all year. And we finally saw it just a couple times in the first quarter um, when when Julius found him on those lobs. Um, I feel part of me feels like there's more they could be doing to set that stuff up. And then the other part of me wonders do they not have the personnel to stretch out a defense to give that type of stuff the room to to work? I'm uh, I'm wondering where where you come down on on those those two thoughts. I think they do. It's just hard to develop a group, but also mesh the veterans that they do have at the moment. You know, just we saw case in point tonight. Julius had seven assists. He was distributing the ball he had good rhythm you know he shot six for 13 from the field um you know or seven for 13 something i think it's seven yeah for seven for 13 seven for 13 yeah so um you know he was getting everybody situated and you know two two of those times you know he went to mitch even in transition you know he threw that alley-oop to him so you know, Mitch is like a a guy that I think he's going to show that he has more than just this whole pick and roll, you know, just throw it up and grab it, which he can. And ironically, you know, in terms of his athleticism, as I said, ironically, last year when they were playing the Magic, there's this one play where, uh, you know, he lands on the basket flat on his back and gets up, you know, is able to rotate and block a three-point shot. So I actually remember that play. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so I'm just saying, like, you know, you could utilize that a little bit more. And now that he's developing his jump shot, you know, between his athleticism and pick and pop and the way the league works, you know, you know, one dribble pull-ups, you know, kind of everything nowadays. So, you know, he starts to get that down pat. Then we could, you know, talk about if maybe the team could utilize him in different situations. But so far, I think Fizz is kind of doing a good job in trying to integrate him as much as he can. Okay. You know, as I, as I said, you know, the kid's been playing basketball, I believe, for five years now. That's crazy so, to me. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. So, mm-hmm. so it's 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 pretty uh, surreal to think, you know, hey, he's he's playing five years <laughs> and uh, he, he's just advanced. Um, uh, two more quick ones, and then I'll I'll get you out of here. Um, one on a guy that um you so you tweeted about him earlier, uh, Marcus Morris. You said. I think some of that to you it looked like maybe the knee wasn't right. Um, he he doesn't something about him seems a little off, right? That's not just me. It, it seems a little off. Uh, I saw him sitting on the bench with you know a big ice pack around. Yeah, it wasn't too. So immediately after I tweeted that, then I saw the picture of him sitting on the bench. So I was like, okay, you know, it, it seems as if he's running like. You know, he has a little bit of, like, a, either tendonitis or, like, some sort of strain. Like, I'm not saying anything's drastically wrong with his name. I just think that, you know, he, he tweaked it. And, 
he was feeling it at some point to the game. And then even the shots that he put up, you know, where he would, you know, take two dribbles and then, you know, that little fadeaway kind of favoring, you know, just one leg. And, sure, yeah. You know, I get it. You know, you're, you're trying to go out there and play hard. And, and I appreciate that, you know, he's trying to play through it. But by the same token, like, that's a game where, you know, maybe th- that's the time where you could have, you know, another guy come off the bench and then, you know, we could rotate and have him, you know, rest and get better. Because he, he could be a valuable asset for the team. I I feel like the biggest uh, Knicks like Twitter ask of Fizdale right now is to to swap him out of the starting lineup um, for you know whether it be a Knox or whether you move RJ over to the three and then maybe get you know um, uh, Ellington and uh, next to um, you know whether it's Frank or whoever um, I don't know I, I that's I to me that makes a little bit of sense, but I also um, you're a guy who's obviously has been around NBA teams. Morris came in this year, and and my thinking is that when a guy comes in and like talks about like wanting to take on uh, like a leadership mantle with the team and that whole thing, it can be kind of tough to to make that ask of of that player. Is that am I off base or am I onto something here? No, I think he. I, I love his intensity, and I love the candor he has, you know, what you see is what you get with him. And yeah, it could be tough. It's also tough to kind of just get integrated with the rest of these guys that are on at one, one year deals or, you know, they're just brand new to the team altogether. Um, so I think him staying in the starting line, it's not a bad idea. I know that Nick's Twitter is going to, you know, be in my mentions, because no, that, but I, that's why that's I why I wanted you on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think he should be in the starting lineup. You know, he brings that toughness and just, you know, Knox. Uh, Knox is shooting great from three. Uh, you know, he's he was pushing fifty seven percent walking into this game, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but in spurts, you know, his motor here and there, you know, it's there, and you could see that he's trying to add to his game, but. You know, for me, I like somebody that's just going to come out of the gate with a little bit of a mean streak. Okay. You know, establish a, you know, that type of mentality there. But, yeah, you know, we'll see how his knee holds up. In terms of moving RJ to the three, nah. Um, you, where do you, you – know, so RJ, let's talk about RJ. Where do you like RJ? RJ's a two. Okay. He's, you know, he's he's going to be great in terms of uh, penetrate and – and kick and, you know, reading the defense. And also he's doing a better job of facilitating in terms of getting like hockey assists. So I would like to see him take advantage of more of like the mid range shot. You know, I know he can drive to the basket and, you know, being, me being the RJ enthusiast I am, um, you know, I love the kid, but tonight was a good example of how, you know, he, he kind of was brought back down to earth and he could see that, you know, teams are going to give him, you know, they're going to sag off. They want stuff for a lot of the mid-range. So it'll be good for him to get this out of the system. You know, he'll bounce back. But uh is not bad considering, you know, the type of defense that they were playing with him. It's it's amazing that we've gotten so spoiled um, from this kid that for the first time in his young career, he actually looks like a rookie. And I, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't even say he played bad he just hasn't you know he's he's been playing so incredibly I mean, he's, I've I said it uh, a few days ago I think it's not a question of whether he's the Knicks best player I think he's 
like it's how how quickly is the gap growing between him and like the next best guy? I don't know if that's overstating it, but it's just he he seems like he just brings so much um, to the table. Do you do you think there is value at running him out there at point guard? Obviously, tonight was out of necessity, but in spurts here and there um, throughout this season. Yeah, uh, because he played point guard at Montverde here and there. And even at Duke, you know, Coach was adamant about those, the big three, per se, whether it was Zion, RJ, or Cam, that, you know, if you got the rebound and you have the opportunity to push it, you know, you can push it. You had that freedom. So he's not afraid to go 94 feet with the basketball in his hand. He's also not afraid to take it to the, to the cup or make the right play. Um, you know, RJ is a very cerebral player. His godfather, Steve Nash, you know, so <laughs> as much as, as much as a flack he's gotten in terms of, you know, not passing the ball enough, he actually does. It's just, it comes more in terms of hockey assists. I think people just look at the, the stat sheet and not see exactly where he places the ball and the different uh, positions he puts his teammates in. So, yeah, I could, I would like to see him play point here and there. I don't want him, obviously, a majority of his position should be at shooting guard. You know, the kid's 6'7". You know, he's going to grow. He's very long and big. So, you know, I don't think playing point would uh, behoove him for a long period of time. But, yeah, I could see it. He'd be pretty good at it. Um Last one, I'll get you out of here. Um, you, you obviously. No, you're good, man. <laughs> I, I know it's like I, not everybody likes to, you know, eat, drink, and sleep this stuff twenty four seven. So I try to be forgiving on the guests that come on my pod. Um, you, you know, RJ, I, I, you know, I, I think at just again from from home and like watching watching the interviews and like hearing the sound bites, um, and I actually I. I, I kind of I know they're I feel like they're obviously different in in a lot of ways, but I almost group Mitch in with this too. I think both of them have the type of personality that um, I again this is my my Knicks fandom like projecting onto my opinions, and I don't know how how true this is, and I want it to be true, but I'm going to ask you. I feel like this organization, um, for you know a lot of reasons, needed a a jolt. Um, of something, and I don't know that I could put into words what exactly that something is, but it's the type of thing where I feel like you'll we'll know it when we see it. And I feel like Mitch started to bring some of that last year. I'm talking like yeah, some on the court, um, but also some of it off the court. And I feel like mm-hmm. RJ just kind of has this something about him as well that is maybe a little bit more um, outwardly vocal in a in a particular type of way than Mitch. Mm-hmm. Just what do you what do you think about that? Or like like it's it's so it's unfair to ever ask any one or two people even to turn a franchise around. But um, like, do you, do you think they have something along those lines? Like, is that in their DNA, so to speak? Yeah. Well, so funny story. When RJ shortly after RJ declared for the draft, uh, ESPN asked me to you know, get him and Zion together to shoot a commercial. And when we were out there shooting, uh, filming this commercial, you know, just top topic of conversation, you know, just about life and in general, like whatever. But he brought up, and I mean, we're talking the kids like two and a half weeks away from getting drafted. He brought up the loss against Michigan State. 
and just the fact that it still bothered him. And even even a couple of weeks ago when they played the Wizards and, you know, he hit that free throw and, you know, it's like it was good to do that in the building, you know, that we lost here. And, you know, just that's the type of guy he is. He's, he's a competitor. And it's, you know, just the little things that a lot of people would, over, you know, oversee in terms of his preparation and how serious he takes things because he's a very, very sweet kid. I You know, I can't say enough uh, great things about him. Uh, however, uh, when that horn sounds, he's really not the nicest of individuals. From firsthand experience, but he's not in a malicious way, but, you know, he's just a competitor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You could tell Mitch is the same way because, as I said, you know, we've left the gym at, you know, one twenty in the morning and he wouldn't leave until we, you know, you know, hit a certain amount of shots or, you know, you know, he does – whatever he needs to do before he feels like it's, you know, he's done with the, his workout. So, you know, those two are really good for the organization. And, you know, kudos to the Knicks uh, scouting department for, for doing a great job in finding Mitch and really doing their homework. You know, I feel like RJ was a no-brainer. I was ecstatic as, you know, hey, listen, man, whether we got the first or the third pick, I was a happy man. <laughs> so I, was like, I was telling everybody, I was like, hey, as long as we didn't get number two, I was fine. But, um, you know, one or three was perfect for me. Well, listen, I think there were some new Rookie of the Year odds that came out today, and I believe RJ is now the, uh, at the moment at least, the consensus, you know, betting favorite. Not not that that always means everything, but um, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to watch him. Um, and for me, I, I mean, Mitch is kind of quickly became my favorite guy on the team last year. And I think a lot of Knicks fans feel the same way. Um, yeah, he's great. Knicks fans should be uh, very happy and excited for the growth that he could have. You know, he just, he's a sponge. You know, the coaching staff is doing a great job in terms of development for him and just allowing him to grow. But, you know, it's baby steps. So that's why, you know, even when, as I've, you know, as you know, by following me and like my tweets, it's like, you know, we got to be patient with both of them. Yep. You know, RJ, but you know, RJ kind of shot out of a cannon and, you know, that was kind of expected, but uh, even I, you know, even I wasn't expecting him to, you know, 15 boards last, you know, the last game. I was like, my goodness. Crazy. You know, <laughs> crazy. So he, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy and proud of him. Um, and the fact that you, you know, have a role in the success that is, is happening. Um, you know, again, I know, I know you're not like, uh, you, you know, RJ, but like, just like you, you have played a part in their story and that has to be just like the coolest thing in the world. And, um, I just, uh, I'm excited to, as excited as I am to watch them, I'm excited to watch your, you know, career progress because it's been, you know, a really crazy ride. And, um, I think, uh, just again, from getting to know you a little bit and, following you on Twitter and, and just seeing like kind of how far you've come. Um, I think it, every, every Nick fan listening to this should, should definitely get to know your name because it's not, uh, certainly not the last time we're going to be hearing it. I, I feel confident saying that. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I'm, you know, I'm just here for, as I said, I'm just here for the guys, you know, whether, you know, to lend an ear or if they just want to, you know, get some shots up or, you know, whatever, you know, those two, those two guys are my guys, you know, and I, I'm really excited for, for both of them and, you know, getting to know them and their families. It's pretty awesome. So, 
Yeah, man, Knicks fans should be excited about both of them. And even, you know, Randall getting integrated, I mean, you know, hopefully he stays throughout the rest of his contract. We need to we need to really, really uh, uh, embrace him, too, because I think he's showing growth by what he did tonight, too. Totally. So, yeah, seven assists and, you know, efficient scoring and rebounding. I mean, he was close to a triple-double. You know, so I thought it was his. I, I I thought it was clearly not even like close. It was clearly his best game so far uh, with the team. Yeah, clear, I mean, yeah, as you know me, Jay, <laughs> points are and everything. <laughs> you know, it's just how you get, you know, how you get your assists, you know, how you set your screens, like the little things, and he was doing everything, and just a lot of second chance opportunities we had. You know, shots just weren't falling, and you know, we shot. I, you know, we shot like. 22%, 23% from three. It's amazing. But just the fact that we could have those opportunities to have open shots and not force them for the most part. I mean, it got sloppy midway through that fourth, but Orlando got sloppy too. So, you know, take it for what it's uh, worth and, you know, move on to the next uh, game. I'm happy, you, I'm happy we could close with that because, you know, I know Nick fans are, and I'm one of them, so I could say this, we're a crazy bunch, but like, they are not usually going to hit only 7 of 31 from downtown, especially when, like you just said, until the fourth, most of those looks were good looks. And, like, they, you know, there are guys on this team who can who can hit those shots. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm, I know they're one in four, but I'm, I'm encouraged. Um, David, anything you want to um, shout out, promote, you know, uh, say before we, we head off? R.J. Barrett, rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that is um, that is perfect. No, he um no, no nothing to promote. Just thanks, you know, thanks for having me on the the pod and you know, I look forward to coming back, man. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, I'll definitely get you on again um as the year progresses because you I mean, look, the whole thing about what what we do at Nick's Film School is just trying to make fans smarter and having someone like you on is like that's <laughs> it's pretty obvious that that's what happened. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's, you know, it's like late on a Wednesday night, but um, it, it definitely means a lot. So I appreciate it. No problem. Oh, wait, quick shout out. Shout yeah, out please. To the, uh, uh, Sacred Heart women's basketball team. Just, yes. Uh, you're uh, one of the yeah. coaches there, right? No, I know one of the coaches, oh, you know, okay. So I know the girls too. They're great. They're great girls. So shout out to them. Much love. So that, that is, but, uh, yeah, that is a good shout out to Sacred Heart. I like that. That's I, awesome. That's where it's at. <laughs> uh, I feel like I had to do it. I feel you know you know you know you got to uh, you got to shout out the loved ones. Let's just leave it at that. So oh, uh, shout uh, out to the girls. I love them. They're we great we, girls. we are we're a strong proponent of shout outs on this podcast. You can shout out <laughs> anything and everything you want to shout out, and uh, I'm all for it. All right, um, David Zena, thank you so much for coming in, uh, coming on again. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll definitely talk to you again soon. All right, man? All right, no problem. Take care, brother. You're welcome.